We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast, where you think before you love. Please feel free to subscribe and listen on Anchor, Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Breakers, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Deezer, or your browser. Be sure to share a link with a colleague, family member, or friend. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to the sensitive nature of subject matter. Think before you love is the Romantic Truth Podcast motto. You will not get slapped here, we promise. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. And we have an email from Bradley out of Oakland, California, and he writes the following. I'm so glad I listened to your show. It gives me hope. I'm 60, just like you. Two years ago, I lost my wife. She wouldn't go to the doctor. She complained about her chest. And I told her to let me see what was going on and she refused. She kept soldiering on, cooking the dinners. I'd go to work. She would go to work until one day they told me that I needed to go to the hospital. When I got there, she was alive for about two days. I lost to the breast cancer. My wife was very stubborn, but I loved her. It really hurt me that she left me. I felt betrayed. We started dating when she was 13 and I was 15. We never once dated anyone else in our lives. We never once broke up. We never once had a crossword between us. We always had mutual respect growing up. We never cheated on each other. We were together most of the time. And when we became 16, we decided to go and get our place. I was 16 at the time, and she was 14. Her parents didn't raise a fuss because they saw us together so much that it was a normal thing. They rented our first apartment for us. I had a false sense of manhood at the time, but I was scared. Scared of failing her. She reassured me she would always be by my side and she was. I know the way our relationship started may not be in your taste, but I can truly tell you, we loved each other. While I'm writing this email, I'm trying to fight back the tears for how wonderful that woman was. She was a spectacular mom, a wonderful wife. But before she passed away, she told me to find another woman and go on. Don't stop my life for her. I don't know how to go on. I feel like a child who has lost his mother. I feel lost. My daughters and son have been trying to hook me up with different women. But these are people that we had known for years. People that I had never wanted to trust. 
Not that they were bad people, but I didn't know them. My wife knew everybody. She went to the church. She participated in all these other events. I would just go to church just because I wanted to be with my wife. Not because I believed in religion or anything. She was the most important thing in the world to me. And I was to her. I would never forget it was a requirement for the family to meet on Sundays because she would cook. I would help her in the kitchen. We'd wash dishes together. We would hug each other, kiss each other. We would dance in the living room. Those memories will always be with me. I don't know if I had a capacity to love anyone else. I'm at a point now where I'm willing to resign my life to being alone. That happiness and joy that I experienced with her, I don't think it will ever come back again. I only have five more years on my job. And I'm trying to see some kind of way I can still stay on it after that retirement. Because I know good and well my company's going to let me go at 65, if not sooner. My job is the only thing I have now to keep me busy and occupied. Because she was my world. I shouldn't be laying this on you at your doorstep because I'm sure you have issues and problems of your own. I apologize for bringing such a morbid subject to you. But if you happen to read this, I'd greatly appreciate it. And if I were to take the first step forward to try to fulfill my wife's wishes by trying to be with someone else, I don't know if I could do it. In some ways, I feel like I'm doing it for her because she asked me to, as I've done throughout our marriage. Our children constantly encourage me to do so. Bradley, Oakland, California. Bradley? I gotta be honest with you, I think that you're a broken man. You and your wife are very close. In fact, the relationship that you had with your wife, you rarely find that today. I will tell you one thing for sure. Both your parents apparently knew that the two of you probably wouldn't survive without each other. And I got to give it a tip of the hat to your parents because for them to recognize a couple so young to venture out like that and then sign for an apartment for you guys, yeah, they believed in your relationship which made the two of you believe in yourselves. 
Now, I wouldn't recommend this for any young couple by no stretch. But the times were different then. So here's what I will say. You have to quit looking at it from what your wife wanted you to do before she passed away and look at it from the standpoint of if you were in her shoes at that time, you would have wanted her to do the same thing. So with that, it would have been a mutual, consensual choice for you to try to find someone else. I wouldn't give myself a death sentence of being alone for the rest of my life. There's a woman out there, but she would never be your wife, and you know this. She'll never, and when I say that, I mean she'll never replace your wife. But what you have to look at is what your wife gave you. Your wife did what my ex-girlfriend Monica did for me. She gave me a template of the kind of woman that I would need in my life. A lot of people don't get that because some men never have a good woman to really base that on. Some women never have that from a father or a man or a boyfriend or a husband to base that on. See, I had two good examples of women. One was my grandma, well, three rather, my grandmother, my mother, and Monica. And you take the characteristics from the women, some of those characteristics that will be essential. Just like this show, you take tools from it that you can use, the others you jettison. But it's the same way. We do this when we meet people. Certain elements of their personalities, we admire. And we take certain things from them that we can use later on in our lives. What your wife was telling you was that she's not going to stop loving you because she loved you all the way to her last breath. So she doesn't look at you in a negative light in that respect. So you shouldn't be consumed with guilt It's your job now to live the life, that portion of life that she couldn't. She's still with you because you had all those years with her. You can't erase those. No woman can erase those. But with a new beginning, you can grow as well. With a new relationship. Now, here's what I would take away from the situation that you were exposed to all those years. I want you to think about the environments in which your wife felt comfortable. Some of the things she felt comfortable doing. Some of the things that became familiar with you because she was in that comfort zone. It could have been going to church, playing bingo, you name it. Who knows? Those are the characteristics that you'd want, the interests that you'd want in the person. 
in your life. It makes it very easy to transition. So when you get with someone that's the total opposite or something like that, some people will do that just to forget about the pain. But I think that you have a sense of guilt. And the good thing about it, you have your children with you. But here's what I'd also recommend. is to probably go and see a therapist to deal with the grieving, that portion, that guilt that you have. Because that's going to help you. And talking it out, just like you wrote this email to me. That's part of your therapy as well. But you want to be with someone who's licensed and certified to talk to so that you can get these things off your chest. I honestly believe you will find that woman. I honestly believe she's not that far away. And I'm sure you've probably been inundated by women that were waiting in the wings and you're probably not considering any of them because they were in a certain orbit when you were in a relationship. They were way out of your purview. Take your time. There's no need to be under any pressure. And remember one thing for sure. Your wife wanted the best life for you. If she didn't, trust me, she wouldn't have hung in all those years. Now, one thing that I will tell you ladies and you men, especially you people of color, if you have ailments or sicknesses, go to the doctor. Quit trying to go and do what I saw so many people do in Mississippi when I was down there. Take an aspirin, medication, think it's okay. It's not. Have yourself checked out. Go to the doctor. Oh, man, that... That right there is something that a lot of men and women face. The loss of a spouse or partner. And that was the only person in your life that you were ever close to like that. That's a tough call. I remember I dated a widow. And what I found was she wasn't over the grieving process. And she dated me because I was younger. And I didn't resemble her husband in any kind of way. But what I found was that she wasn't ready yet. It had only been a year since her husband passed away. And he was the love of her life, her only man. And what she found herself doing was comparing me to him. And she didn't catch it, but it was a comparison and contrast on everything. 
And then finally she told me she wasn't ready. And I agreed with her. She was nice, pleasant personality, attractive, but emotionally she wasn't ready yet. And it's a tough call. You have someone that close to you and they pass away. And you want to find out what's going on with them, but they don't want to communicate with you. Out of embarrassment, out of shame, out of guilt. And in many ways, it's selfish. But you have to understand, there are some people that just don't want to admit when they are sick, when they're hurt. And they'd rather suffer in silence than to speak out in pain. More in a moment. All right, let's see what else is in the mailbag. Carolyn, out of Abilene, Texas, writes the following. Well, I tell you, I had the experience of my life recently. I met a guy on a dating site that I'm not going to get in publicity because one thing that they did do was damn near ruin my life. It's very popular. One thing that I will say, though, is that I did not expect what was going to happen on my first date. I met this guy. We chatted for about six weeks. We talked on the phone. I got to know him a little bit better. And he would always call me from work, which I thought was kind of odd. In hindsight, that should have been a red flag. We went out, had dinner. Things went pretty well for us. Listened to a little country music at this bar. And we got to the parking lot, and that's where all hell broke loose. This woman, heavy set, short, and furious, walks up to me and punches the hell out of me. At this point, he's trying to break us up. I never saw this woman before, didn't know who she was. It was his wife. They were in the process of getting a divorce. She didn't want it. He did. I started to call the police, but I chose not to. I just got in my car and left. Thought things were done at that point. Where was I wrong? This weakling of a man who lied to me and told me that he was single let his wife call me and the only way she got my phone number was through him and she told me to stay away from her damn husband because it was bad enough she was losing him and she did not want him to be with a woman like me let me describe myself to you to give you some bearing I'm 5'9 I weigh 145 pounds I have ample assets to say the least. I've attached a photo for your purview. 
calls me up and wants to explain, I don't want to hear a thing he has to say. This morning when I went out, getting ready to leave to go to work, I looked down, there's a box of chocolate and a rose. I left it there and went on to work. Why do men do this? Carolyn, Abilene, Texas. Carolyn is hard to say. I personally think overall that what he was trying to do, I don't believe this man has already petitioned for divorce. See, a lot of people would tell you that crap, but he told you that he was single, which we know is a lie. What he was hoping, and I guarantee you what more than likely happened, and I'm just speculating now, he probably left to go on a date with you. Wife probably followed and waited for her opportunity to confront you too. But she wanted him to have a good time. And the reason why she wanted him to have a good time was so that she could hang that over his head. What this comes down to, I know I said one to him and a human. What this came down to was this. Like I said, there's no editing on the show. It came down to one fundamental thing. It came down to the fact that she wanted to have something to always put in his face. Now, this photo you sent me. Woman, don't let me see you anywhere. Because I'm telling you, I'm not even going to bother. No, we just, we're not even going to date. We're going straight to the altar. I don't give a damn what your problems are. We're going to the altar. She's just gorgeous. Carolyn is gorgeous. That's the only thing I could say here. She has a gold sequin dress on. Cocktail dress. Gold sequin purse. Gold sequin shoes. She has a very deep copper tan. She's blonde, blue eyes, and that damn smile, mm, mm, mm. and she has a nice angular face, very attractive, outstanding photo. Now, here's the thing, dude, a woman like you, compared to what you described, What she feels as though even if he left her, the only thing he deserved was a woman that looked like her. There's trouble in that marriage, as we know. But it's not your problem. And I know it's very difficult to stomach this. And I do apologize about the situation you had as far as meeting this person. But, uh, yeah. You're too hot for Abilene. I gotta be honest with you. <sighs> Man. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, there's no really rhyme or reason why men do this, but, and women do it, by the way, also. But 
I think what it was, it had to do more with a challenge in his marriage. I bet you I can get somebody else finer than you. Oh, really, just try. That's probably how it went down. But take it as a grain of salt. And move on. Don't worry about it. Don't even give it a second thought. And you did the right thing by leaving the chocolates in the rows there in the front. Maybe somebody will get it. Maybe the maintenance people or somebody will pick it up and do something with it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Bobby writes the following. Maybe it's me or maybe I'm losing my mind or what is going on in my life. I don't know. I've been listening to your show now for a year. And honestly, I was a skeptic. I thought all these people that wrote into your show was full of shit. I thought that things like that did never happen because they never happened to me. Well, I'm a believer now because something happened to me that I had no idea would happen in a thousand years. I signed up for this dating app and this person didn't have a photo. That was my first mistake. I chatted with this person, thinking the whole time that they were a scammer, asked them to send me a photo. This person said they didn't like sending photos. They would rather meet me in person. Usually I wouldn't do something like this, but this was the first time that I'd ever been contacted by someone where I didn't have to initiate the contact to meet them. Well, I decided to do so. Her name was Sandy. Met her at the bar, and she was a co-worker. One of the ladies I work with on the third shift. Apparently, when she saw me on my profile, she added me and took her photo off of it. We had very little dialogue. We went on and did the nasty at my place. Then she started telling me about some of the things going on at work that I wasn't aware of. She told me that I was going to get fired the following week. I'm scratching my head asking her how did she know. She didn't want to go into more detail. And sure as shit from a sheep, I got fired. I've been written up by this new supervisor that nobody really likes. I knew the bastard wore a toupee and I wanted to pull it off of him so bad and just embarrass him in front of everybody. He and I never got along from day one, but I never thought it would come down to this. Well, to save money, Sandy and I moved in together. Things have worked out so far except for one major problem. She has a 28-year-old lump of shit son that doesn't do anything but play video games all day. I found another job, but it just pisses me off to come home and see this little smug bastard sitting on the sofa telling me to get out of the way of his screen when I try to talk to him. Sandy has tried talking to him, but she's real soft with him. She wants me to go in and to assert myself to kick him out. Here is my dilemma. 
I don't know if she's doing this to use me and then dump me afterwards, or is it something that she's doing for us to be closer together? She knows I'm in a financially vulnerable state right now. And I just don't know. Bobby. Bobby, you've been through it, bro. Um, here are a few things that I would tell you right off the bat. If someone knows you, it's a common thing for them to do that if they see you on a dating site. To take down all their photos. Maybe even change their name. In this case, she she didn't. She probably changed her occupation and those kind of things. Because she probably wouldn't approach you at work, but this was her opportunity to do so. Being that you react like many men do, when they're contacted first by a woman and it makes it easier for them to go out on a date, that's what happens. Now, the job situation, she already knew. And she knows more than she's telling. I would say don't be surprised if she had a hand in you losing your job. Can't say that infinitely because I don't know. But I would say this much. Yes, she's expecting you to be the man of the house and to kick the 28-year-old out. That's going to be tough. Because now don't forget, the reason why he's still there is because she coddled him. But she doesn't have the backbone and she expects you to put your shoulder to the wheel and be the backbone that she doesn't have. And you're right to be concerned about her using you because she could very well tell you, uh, yeah, well, you got him out of the house. Now, how long do you have left before you're going to be leaving? This is what I'm sure you're concerned with. I don't know, man. Uh, Like I say, Sometimes I don't have the answer. A lot of times, there's no sometimes. I'll just tell you what I would do. I would work like hell first to get out of that woman's house. Probably wouldn't have gotten in there in the first place. The next thing I would do is to leave it up to her to put his ass out. And then we would talk about being together. Because here is the thing, even if you put him out, get him put out, if you guys have any kind of argument or anything like that, guess what she's going to do? You kick my son out of here. Don't give her that option. If I were you, I wouldn't have never moved in, but now that you've moved in, you got to deal with the consequences of getting your ass out of there. Quick worry, quick, fast, and in a hurry. And upon your leaving... Make it unequivocally clear that if she's to come with you, his ass can't come. That's what you got to do. And she's going to make up every kind of excuse because here's the thing. If she was really annoyed by this, he would have been gone. 
She's handling him with kid gloves. And don't interrupt his video games. Let him go in and play them. Because the only thing you're going to do is agitate him. And he's going to go to mom. And mom's going to make up an excuse. One moment. Now, there's one thing that Danny brings up that uh, should be addressed. He's out of Tustin, California. And he's 19 and he writes the following. I can't believe the girl that I just went out with recently. She wants me, get this, to start paying her car payment and car insurance. We don't live together. She lives in Villa Park. But she told me if I loved her, I would start doing this for her. Her folks gave her the down payment. She got this brand new car. And the payment's around 500 a month. With insurance, we're talking another 120. She's had several accidents in the past. So I'll be looking at $700 a month, roughly. I have enough money in order to do that, but I told her if I would do that, we could not go out on dates. It would just be basically Netflix and chill. Am I making a mistake by considering this? All right, um, hmm. you're young, impressionable. And from what I see here, this will be a big mistake for you. Now, the reason why I say this in particular is because I don't think you know her well enough to take on car payment and car insurance. You guys are not together. You're not living together. She's only your girlfriend. She's not your wife. She's not even your fiance. You're 19. And nine times out of ten, you're being taken advantage of. Now, I'm sure you haven't told your folks about this, because they would be knee-deep in your ass about now. So, Danny, what I tell you is this, my friend. The answer is a resounding hell no. Now, I say this for myself as a person, if I were in your shoes. And I'll extend that baton to you to say it for yourself. Danny, repeat after me. Hell no, that ain't going to go. There's no way. Now, she had the audacity to ask you this because she felt as though you were weak enough to do it. Now, you didn't mention what kind of car it is, but I guarantee you what more than likely happened. Mom and Dad got her car. She said she could make the payments. She probably wants to save her money. So therefore, she's leading you on to pay for her car so she could free some money up on her. That was a good thing you told her about Netflix and chill and that all the dates are going to be cut off, that kind of thing. Way to go. Bravo for you. That's a deterrent. What you're doing now is you're smoking her out to see whether or not she's into you of what you can do for her. As a young man, you don't want to get in the habit of being a facilitator on things where 
a woman will decide, oh, well, you're just for this purpose in my life. The reason why I say this is because I have known women who've had one guy that paid the rent, another one that paid their car payment, another one that paid for insurance, another one that paid for credit cards. Because what she would do is play these guys against each other. But their self-esteem was so low, instead of them walking away from her, they're going to try to heighten the odds and compete for her. And that's what a lot of women like to do when they play that game. All they had to do was tell your dad. He would have told you straight up. But I know you would have been embarrassed because you love the girl. You don't want it to be a situation where family gets involved. And I understand. I get that. You want your privacy. However, this right here is not going to work. And let me tell you something. Her pussy ain't good enough. $700 a month? No, bro. Uh Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Not when you can have a woman who can pay her own bills, still love you, and have needs just like you do, so it's not a special event because she's having sex with you. That's the kind of woman you want. The last thing you want is a woman that has conditions about the very fundamental needs that she has to have met, such as sex. Because see, what you have to remember is this. What if you wind up paying her car payment, paying her insurance, and then she breaks up with you? But she won't. She's going to always keep it an open-ended thing. And she's going to pursue who she wants. What she probably wanted you for is that uh, specific purpose. I would doubt it very seriously if she cared about you. One thing a woman will not do is go and put a jugular like that if she cares about you. This woman doesn't give a damn about you. She's looking at your wallet and what you make. Don't be a working Joe. A working Joe is a guy who the woman expects him to do nothing but pay bills. She keeps him in debt, keeps his head down, and in that way she keeps in control. You don't want that to happen. Now, let's look at a few other things here. With this, some women, believe it or not, actually are out on the dating scene looking for a man as if they're ordering fast food. They see the guy they want, and it's like they're looking in the bag, they're opening up the food, and they're saying, I thought, I said no onions. This is the way some of them do. They're so picky that they go that way. See, if we were as picky as women, there'd be fewer relationships. There'd be women that are dressed up to go nowhere. There'd be guys that wouldn't even be interested in them. But of course, that's not practical. Because the way we are actually brought up in our society, as men, we're supposed to feel less than women. And the reason for that is because, of course, they're the ones that can give birth. They're the ones that actually run everything when it comes down to interacting with them. So that's what a power shift is. But what we also have to realize is this. 
wealthy men empowered women. That's the way it's gone. Even though you have women talking about how misogynist society is, we're the misogynist people in society for the most part. Mainly working class men. Oh, you have some wealthy ones that are like that as well. But here's the thing. Did they actually earn their money or inherit it? And so what's happened is this. These misogynist men, or as I can say, empowered or wealthy men, better put, not necessarily misogynist. These guys set the laws for child support and those kind of things. And who has to pick up the brunt of the responsibility? Men that don't make the money they do. Men that are not in their circles. So, they could have legislation to make men more responsible for taking care of families, taking care of the women, that kind of thing. Now, a man should innately take care of his own responsibilities. But we know that's not the case, right? But if you look at the way men are used in society, they play a vital role in our economy when it comes to the prison industrial complex. Some of these companies cut the jobs from the working class guy. And what they do is they transfer them over to enterprises that may have prison labor. So they may lay off 1,500 to 3,000 people and say, oh, you know, it's gonna be too much for operating costs, but yet sign a contract with a prison and have those people do the same work, much less. See, here's the thing that you have to realize. When the Republicans were talking all this stuff about right to work and all these people coming across the border taking their jobs, what they failed to realize was There weren't people taking your jobs. There were companies giving your jobs away to many prison enterprises. Fail to think about that, huh? You'd be surprised. There's a list on the internet of corporations that actually use prison labor. And I'm not talking about for just some bullshit license plates. We're talking about missile defense systems. We're talking about computer software, some of the very software you work on on your computers and on your cell phones every day. That's what they've done, folks. But these are things we have to look at. We have to open our eyes and see. It would be nice to have a vending machine of love where you could choose the person you wanted to be in your life just based on your own preferences. The closest you get to that is setting your filters when you're doing a search for a person on the dating sites. That's as far as you'll get.
one of the other things that you have to also be mindful of when it comes to dating as well. That friend that's trying to save you for themselves. Take for instance, you're a single guy. You have a female friend. She has another friend that's single. She tells you all the dirt in the world about that female friend, why you shouldn't be with her, why it would never work. She's offering that deterrent up front for a reason. Because if times got hard and she had to break the glass to get the ax out to cut out the fire, being that you're the ax, she always has immediate access to you. The sad thing about this is that women who do this may think that the guy is attracted to them. Ladies, newsflash. If you're a friend of a guy and that guy never made a move on you before you guys became friends, he's not ever going to be interested in you as his woman. He won't tell you that. He's already looked you over and said, nah, no thanks. He'll never tell you that though. And of course, a man will always uh, oblige you with sex. But never think for one second that you'll be a person that he's gonna go for as far as the relationship. And there are some women who are vindictive and they say, well, hell, I'm gonna make sure if I can't have him, nobody else will. Not in that terminal sense that fools do when they are talking about, you can't leave me. I'm talking about from the standpoint of, if it doesn't work out with us, I'm gonna make sure all my girlfriends don't ever have an opportunity to be with you. I used to love that. One lady told me that one time. She said, well, if it doesn't work out between us, uh, you just have to go on it. Don't be trying to date none of my friends. She didn't have to worry about that. Her friends came after me, one by one. About three of them. They weren't my type, but I'll give them credit on one thing. They knew the lady that I dated like a book. She's always cock blocking. But she could always get a man, but she couldn't keep him. And that was the problem she had with me. Because the way she thought men should be, after I got you, uh, the relationship doesn't need to do anything else. We're cool. So you go about your life and I'll go about mine and then I'll call you up maybe once or twice a week to see how you're doing. Maybe once every three weeks we'll go out. And she thought that was okay. And then she would always tell me, yeah, we don't need to see each other no more than about maybe twice a week because after all, I don't want us to look like we're desperate. That was fine with me because we really didn't start a relationship as much as it was out of sight, out of sight, out of mind. Hell, I hadn't talked to her so long at one point. Who's this? You don't know who this is? You know my voice. No, I don't. I started calling out every woman's name I knew. So those are all the women you've been with. 
Well, some were. Some are some of the women I'd like to be with. Who is this? She called me a jerk. Now, mind you, throughout all this time, she has been kind of like away from me and kind of aloof. What was she doing? Stand with this guy for a week, stand with this guy for a few days, stand with this guy for another few days. She was making a round. She was seeing other guys. But was I to be jealous? How could I be? I had no equity in the relationship we just started. Took her out a couple of times. But it was no big thing to me. And some people think they're more important than they are. Oh, and she thought she did. She was really upset that I didn't recognize her voice. As if I cared. Because she was used to the other guys being at her beck and call. Not so much here. We'll talk more in a minute. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here once again. Now there's another um, aspect that we need to talk about that I think is pretty interesting. Uh, folks, when you go on social media and you are venting, and this is the reason why a lot of people write into the show as opposed to going on social media or going on some podcast of their own or something like that in order to vent. One, they don't want to get sued. I can understand that. But two, more so than anything, um, they don't want to really jeopardize a lot of things. Like, um, I told you about the woman that I was watching on her YouTube Live one day. You know, Facebook Live. And what happened... She was talking about her baby's daddy in a derogatory way. I mean, a negative way, big time. Well, there was a knock at the door in the background. A female roommate went on and opened the door. And as she was talking about this man, only thing we saw on the screen was him grabbing her by the throat and throwing her to the floor. At this point, another guy comes in and apparently he took something off the desk that was there where the camera was, which we rolled it back, we saw there was a gun. And we heard this woman literally get her ass whooped for about a good 10, 15 minutes, I would say. People trying to call the police, trying to find out what city she was in, going through that whole gamut. It was one of the most horrible things I've ever seen in my life. And I think it was about five, 600 people that tuned into that during that day. And um, it was really sad to hear this woman beg this man, tell him that she loved him when she didn't, damn to offer him pussy just to calm him down. And he was choking her. And she was kicking her feet. He was punching her, apparently. 
Eventually, the authorities came later. But the sad thing about it, after she continued in the next video, she talked about how she was going to kick his ass, he was in trouble, etc., etc. Folks, social media is not the place to resolve your issues. It really isn't. Facebook is designed for you to say hello to your mom, dad, family, and friends without having to pick up the phone. It has replaced the telephone call. So you have to be very mindful of what you put out there. I remember watching one Facebook Live. The kid was telling everybody where he was and talking about he had a new Jordans on. He was showing the shoes. Within seconds, you heard a gunshot ring out. You saw the phone drop. You saw the kid's Jordan in the shop. Apparently, somebody took him out. You have to watch what you do. Watch what you say. And these are just things to help protect you. There was a lady that sent me a screenshot of a guy that had put on a Tinder ad. What did he have? He had a fan of $100 bills on his chest. And he's in some Speedos. And he's got a gun in one hand with a joint in his mouth. What woman would want to deal with that? I take that back. There'll be some women that want to deal with it. And she wrote in a caption, I guess these are the men I got to look at while I'm in my 20s. I'm going to read you an email from Nick. And Nick didn't want to disclose where he was from. I wish I would have listened to your podcast when it first started. I've done something very stupid. Can't even talk. Very stupid. I've been trying to impress my girlfriend for the longest. We've been together three years. I left home when I really wasn't ready. I was 18. I thought I had answers for everything in the world. I got my own apartment. I was able to afford the rent barely. I only took home about $1,300 a month. My rent was $650. I didn't really think about car payment, light bill, phone bill. I was so concerned about having my own place I didn't care. I moved my girlfriend in. We partied all the time. I started working more overtime in order to get more cash to pay more bills. She started becoming more demanding. When we first started dating, we were buying clothes from Ross. It was cheaper and it was fashionable. Then she started wanting to go to these other upscale stores. I tried to tell her I couldn't afford it. 
She told me I could. That's when I started applying for credit cards, and so did she. It only took a year, and we were seriously in a hole on credit cards. Between the two of us, about $10,000. I thought I could pay that off. Didn't think it was going to be any big stink. Then I started running short on my car payment. Things got more expensive as we went along. I didn't get an extended warranty on the car. When I bought it, it had 90,000 miles on it. What it needed was a timing belt, and they said something about a head job or valve job or something of that sort, but it was going to cost me every bit of $800. I still had to make payments on the car, even though the car wasn't working. I bought a cash car, paid about $400 for it, and the bank eventually came out to pick up the other car. By now, I started looking at my debt. Landlord was putting these notices on my door. Our lights were turned off. So I went to my dad. He told me he would bail me out under one condition. He wanted me to file bankruptcy and come back home. And he'll take care of starting me over again. I thought that was a pretty steep request. At first, I didn't give him another thought. I was going to do it myself. I took on a second job part-time. Then I got laid off of my first job. There was no possible way I was going to be able to make it. So as my girlfriend found out I lost my first job, she packed up and left while I was at work. I came home and just had a note that said, sorry. I tried calling her. She wouldn't pick up. I texted her, got blocked. I went over to her parents' house to talk to her. They really didn't want to have anything to do with me. They said that I ruined her credit and her life. I had to come back home to dad, mom. And at first, I begged my father just to lend me the money. I would pay him back. He told me, no, I had to learn a lesson. At 22, I had to file bankruptcy. One of the most humiliating things I ever did in my life. I felt like shit. I had no car a piece of job only bringing home $400 a month part time they had cut my hours in such a way I was doing good to have a little piece of job after the bankruptcy was discharged my dad went out and bought a car in his name only and just made me a driver told me the way I was going to pay him back was to drive for Uber or Lyft. That's what I've been doing ever since. 
It was a harsh lesson to learn. But honest to God, if I had to do it over again, I would have never, ever tried going out there acting like I knew every fucking thing in the world. Lesson learned. Yes, sir, it is. Um, mm. Look. A lot of people go through this where they think they know everything just because they have the opportunity to do almost anything they want. And they base it on what they think is going to work, what they believe is going to work, what they've seen other people do. Now you understand, folks, why I tell these young people to focus on their skill sets, their education, and stay at home as long as they can before they leave. And when I say long as you can, I'm talking about until you no older than 25 or 26. So that you can get your shit together. And when I say this, I mean not sitting around the house doing nothing until you're 25 or 26. Where you contributed to the household, putting money away, Maxing out your 401k, your Roth IRA. While you're managing your debt, educating yourself if you need to, and positioning yourself so that you can have a full career, whether you're going into vocational school, whether you're going into the military, whether you're going to be going to college, or whether you're working. But I would advise you strongly, folks, if you're young and you're talking about hitting the workforce and thinking that your work, telling them your hard work and all that dumb shit is going to actually get you forward in that company, you better get you some education. Because I'm going to tell you, when your ass hits that glass ceiling, your face is going to be smushed on it. You're going to be like one of those guys I used to see all the time. 30 years in the company. Never went back to school. Same damn job almost that he had when he started. Guy with a four-year degree comes in, makes twice his salary, climbs up the ladder like it's nothing. By his 10th year working in the company, he's making three times more than the guy who had been there for 30 years. Because, see, when a company, when they don't see that you're investing in yourself, they're not going to invest in you. That's the way it works. A job was never designed to make you rich. A job was designed so that you'll show up the next day. I remember when I was a contractor at Xerox, uh, the company I was going through, they gave us an orientation. And they told us straight up. They're not there to pay your mortgages. They're not there to pay your car payments. That company's there to make money. And if you ever come into conflict with that, you will need to go. They'll make it comfortable for you, but you're not the main reason why they hired you. Your productivity is. And sometimes we forget that. You know, when companies used to say, oh, we're like family. 
Don't forget now, family can be nice and family can be pretty mean to you as well. So it's not always a positive overture with that. Now, here's the thing, folks. You don't want to file bankruptcy ever in life if you can prevent it. If you can prevent it, don't do it. Some people file chapter 13. Most people file chapter 7. Why would you want 7 over 13? 7 means that anything that can be discharged will be discharged. With student loans, be very careful about those. Now, Biden, tomorrow's supposed to mention, I think that $10,000 worth of student loans should be forgiven per whoever is in arrears. There are going to be some conditions, I'm sure. So you may want to check on that, see if you qualify. But let me tell you, there's a lot of misinformation out there about, oh, you just file bankruptcy and it goes away with the hardship. Not necessarily. Only 40% of those get approved. Only 40%. So another 60% will have to wind up living with that. Judgments. They don't go away with bankruptcy. Tax debt. That doesn't go away either. You may want to really think about that before you do it. Because you're going to be 10 years without any credit. Now, the bankruptcy discharges in about roughly 90 days. And then within that interim, interim period, you won't have those creditors that you owe that you filed bankruptcy on. They will not be legally allowed to contact you once they've gotten a petition. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to BKs, and I've seen a lot of people do this crap. There was a lady I was dating, and she was filing bankruptcy at the time we met. I didn't know it at the time. She didn't tell me until the day she asked me to take her downtown to the uh, federal building, to the federal courthouse. Now, here's the thing I will tell you. When you do this, make damn sure you're current on your payments on the ones, creditors that you would like to keep. And it's still up to their discretion, but more than likely... If you have kept them around and you're paying them, or you can continue to pay them until the debt is over, all to the good. Don't do what she did. Wanted to keep her luxury automobile. Wanted to keep her high-end credit cards, at least three of them. And she thought that she could handle it after she had dumped the rest of the credit cards. The only thing that happened was she got mad at me because I wouldn't go and sign for a credit card and have a joint account with her and all this. I don't know you like that. We're not doing that. So I was of no use for her after she found out that was the case. And what she tried to do was those credit cards that she still had remaining after the bankruptcy was discharged 
she tried to go and get them to extend the line of credit. And throughout all this time, after she had filed a BK, she was current on her bill and everything, and she still had some credit left on both cards. Huh, that didn't last long. And she was back in the same damn boat again. In Financial Hawk. This time around, they took the car and they closed their credit card accounts and she had no protection under bankruptcy because they were not included. So those creditors came after her for years. Account was sold to someone else. It was still coming after. Now, here's the thing, folks. If you cannot pay a bill, let's say you got a credit card bill, and you cannot pay it or you don't pay it, your credit is going to take a major hit, first of all. Understand it. That's going to hurt you going forward. What I'm trying to get you to see is not to become credit dependent as a young person. That's what they're trying to do to you. And they're going to try that from 18 years of age to 35 years of age. They're going to try to keep you in debt, keep you paying that senseless, worthless, pointless interest. This is the reason why I'm telling you to look at getting a whole life policy. You could talk to your broker about it where you have an option, a premium option, where you can actually borrow against it if you happen to need money, but you will have to pay it back. You may want to talk to them about the terms. I would strongly advise you to get with a licensed, state licensed insurance broker that's got some experience under their belt. I know you want to help out your friend that's just starting out. You had no time to bullshit your future. You need to be with someone who knows what they're doing. Don't go on TikTok. Don't go. No. You want someone that you can know and build a relationship with. Someone you can meet face to face that's in your community. They have a good reputation. So if you happen to need to borrow money, you can borrow it from yourself in that sense, as opposed to giving this money to these credit card companies. And what are they advising people to do now? Everybody's afraid of inflation. All of these economic advisors are saying, pay off your cards, pay the full balance off. That's the wisest choice. But sometimes, of course, we know that that's not feasible because auto repairs or something else may come up and you may have to go and dip a little bit deeper than you want to. I get it. Credit cards don't make you grown and please do not include your credit card limit in your salary. I've seen people do that. They make $45,000 a year. They have a $10,000 credit limit. And they say, oh, I make $55K a year. Don't fool yourself. You want to stay grounded. Now, Nick fucked his life up in the beginning. But his father deliberately did that to teach him a lesson. 
And I'm sure Nick is only giving me half the story. I'm willing to bet you his father told him not to do what he did. For obvious reasons. You're taking on too much too soon. Pace yourself. But Nick knew what he was doing. And it came down to him accepting the terms to come back. I know a lot of you folks say, oh, that's so cruel that his dad made him file bankruptcy first. It was an expensive lesson, that's for damn sure. But dad did the right thing. Because there's a good possibility, what would mama do? Go out and take a second on that house and pay that debt off. You owe me. And then what would happen? And never get paid back. More than likely. That's the difference when you have a father in the home. Part of his job is to say hell no. But mama doesn't want to see her baby suffer. Dad is saying, I'm not being mean to you, but what I'm doing is preparing you for the world. Now, it used to be seven years that you were a pariah when you filed bankruptcy. Now it's 10. What does this mean if you if you had to file? You're going to pay a higher interest rate on anything you think about purchasing. It's going to be ridiculous. And many of the car dealerships that you would buy a car from, well, it used to be where you could buy them from the buy here, pay here places. But now even the dealerships have gotten to the point of selling cars with high miles with a higher interest rate to people. Especially now since uh, supply chain, supply chain shortage. So you're starting to see a lot of that take place as well. Now, folks, we're going to talk more in just a moment. All right. Let's see what we have here from Delilah. And she writes this from somewhere in Southern California. I was privy to some news from a girlfriend of mine and there's a mutual friend of ours. She cheated on a boyfriend and now she wants us to come up with a plan of kind of letting him know that the relationship is over between the two of them. I wonder how I got involved in this. And she has a set of eyes here. I wonder how I got involved in this. Yes, she's our mutual friend, but we're not friends like that where we can actually call each other up all the time and ask each other for favors. Well, my BFF went on to tell me that she had sex with three guys. She has an STD in each orifice. She's being treated for this. But one of them won't leave her in the future. 
not going to go to go into detail and spread her business. But my question has nothing to do with her. My question for you is this. Her boyfriend is a very nice young man. I have known him ever since grade school. We're all 23, 24. And I think this is my opportunity to shoot my shot at him. I knew she was never good enough for him. But I'm just wondering, should I make a move on him? And if I would, how would I do it without looking like some sort of vulture? Well, hmm. That's a good question. I don't think you should touch her. I don't think, I mean him. I don't think you should touch him. I don't think you should even think about going in that direction. This is something that's been sitting in your head for a long time. You were waiting for her to break up. And I guarantee you the reason why you're not so close to her in the way you described your relationship it's because you never wanted to get close to her because you wanted to get close to a man. You're not slick. I know the shit you're trying to pull. But here's the thing that I would say to you. This young lady should not be asking you guys to help her figure out a way of breaking up with her boyfriend. She slept with three guys on what conditions, I don't know. You didn't describe. But apparently, I'm assuming that one of those STDs is herpes. I can just only imagine maybe the other one's gonorrhea or syphilis. But in any case, yeah. Her boyfriend would never forgive her for this. He'll never take her back. She's done. You might just want to tell her, hey, you know what? Just be, you know, just disappear. Or just tell him the truth. But oh, that would be too difficult. Yeah, honey, at some point in our relationship, I went on and had three dicks in me at the same time. And now all of my orifices have some sort of disease. That wouldn't go over well. I have a feeling though, ma'am, that you knew this woman was like this. And that's the reason why you didn't want to be close to her as a friend. So it positioned you in that middle ground where he asked your BFF, a mutual friend that told you about this. Probably has no idea that you have the hots for your mutual friend's man. I'm sure you thought this was good news. Shooting your shot. Sound like a dude with that. But I will tell you this much.
I wouldn't do it if I were you. If I were female and you, I wouldn't do that. And I'll tell you why. You don't know if they've slept together since then. Do you? So you don't know what you'll be opening up. At 23 years of age, you shouldn't be fucking around with something like this. You could spend your time so much better working on a lot of other things. Even if you're gonna look for a boyfriend, get your own damn man. Why would you want him? Yeah, true enough, he might be a nice guy and all of this, but see, the thing is you're familiar with him. What I wonder though is this, have you ever tried for him in the past and got rejected? If you have, there's something wrong with you. If you got rejected and you're still trying to go for him. But now if this is your first time, which I'm assuming, you might want to pass this opportunity up until later on. Let things die down if you're going to try it. Personally, I think it's a bad move. What are your friends going to think? I know you probably don't care about them. Most people don't when they're going for what they want. So this is something for you to think about. This is not a lecture, my dear. It's just something for you to think about and really look at. You're being pulled into something you don't have to be a part of at all. Let your BFF and your mutual friend deal with it. That's what I would suggest. All right. Let's see here. Fraconia. F-R-A-N-C-O-N-N-I-A. Fraconia. That was the name of a country. And she is out of Dover, Delaware, and she writes the following. I went against my better judgment and started dating a younger man for the first time in my life. I'm 61 years old. He's 38. Things went well between us in the beginning. Our first night together, we had sex at my home. I'll admit he was good. He made a few suggestions that I needed to work on. Growing my hair longer, getting contact lenses, maybe wearing a little bit more makeup, shaving, and getting some lingerie. I don't know how I feel about that because it feels like a criticism of who I am. I never had a man to tell me something like that. I thought I was adequate enough for him as I was. I went out and brought these things. And what I also did, she's got brought, not bought. B-R-O-U-G-H-T. These things. And since I purchased them, I feel some kind of way about it. It feels like I'm desperate. I know I'm a good looking woman. What I've done is attached a photo so you can see me in my natural state, front and back, 
Yes, this is me. Do you think I needed those things he talked about? I recently got my hair done just for him. I'm wearing makeup now. I do feel a little better about myself. I was a frumpy old woman for a long time. I've now set up a schedule for my grandkids to come over as opposed to them just being dropped off all the time. So I do have some control over my life now. I had to go and have a long talk with my children about dropping by, about dropping the kids off. I love my kids, I love my grandkids, but they're gonna have to realize that I also need my time. I was so used to serving my family for all those years that I never really took time out for myself. The one thing that struck a chord with me with this young man was that he paid attention to me, something my own husband didn't do when he was alive. He provided for me, provided for our family, but he could never give me what I needed, no matter how much I asked him and begged him. And that was his time, his affection, his love. He was too busy hunting, too busy fishing, too busy attending tournaments, sporting events, he and his boys. I was always left at home with the kids. I just feel rather strange because it's my time now and I really don't know how to accept it. My self-esteem has been so low throughout the years that I looked at his suggestion as another criticism. And I fought past that to pay for the items that he requested. I'm supposed to get a bikini wax next week. Please be gentle on the criticism of my photo. After all, I'm one year older than you, LOL. Franconia, let's take a look here and see what we have. Well, not bad. Well, I'll give you credit for one thing. You have no problem being naked. I mean, she's sitting up here with this big ass smile. I think he's right about the hair though. Because the hair, it's, it's, no. You have too pretty of a face to let your hair be that short. Seriously. You would really look good with longer hair. Just let it grow. She has an oval-shaped face, and it's beautiful. Well, I will tell you this, my dear. You're 61, but it looks like your body is about a, that of a 39 to 40-year-old. No exaggeration, no cap. Looks good. Seems like you've been keeping yourself toned in some kind of way. But overall, Oh, by the way, I like your rose tattoo on your thigh. This thing is huge. On her left thigh, she has this huge rose tattoo. Very red, and it has the uh, green stem. Looks pretty neat. I think overall, he made a suggestion that will benefit you 
And I think that even though you may be skeptical and doubtful about this relationship, I think this will be good for you because it seems as though what he's doing is, and it's a gut punch to your emotions, I'm sure. But what he's doing is, he's trying to let you know that, hey, I need you as a woman. I don't need you as grandma or mama. And this is what he's doing. Even with yourself, what are you doing now? You're actually telling the kids and your grandchildren, hey, we're going to have some structure around here. You're going to have to start respecting my time. And there's nothing wrong with that. See, you probably didn't have the confidence to do it when you were by yourself. Now that you have someone to do it with and for, where you two can benefit, now you're putting your foot down. And this man will more than likely have the time that you missed with your husband for you. I wish you the best of luck. I sent you a link to the show. I want you as a guest and him, of course. We'll talk about it a little bit more. I'm not going to exploit your situation. I'm just going to ask you how things are going between the two of you. So a lot of folks think that I'm just going to go in on them. No. Mm-mm. It's not here. I'm not here to humiliate or embarrass people. If I wanted to do that, I would have done what Kevin Samuels did early on with the video thing where you just come in on Zoom and then I don't like that style. I don't like it at all. I like the way we do things here. That's the reason why I designed the show the way I did. All right. Noogie. N-O-O-G-I-E. 86. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Noogie from Seattle, Washington. I'm an eclectic girl. I'm 25 years old. I'm more of a free free spirit. I actually got a chance to get a VW bus. And I live in my bus. I do everything in it. And I enjoy life this way. I'm thinking about moving down to Portland. The guy that I'm going to meet down there, because we've been talking now for the last three months, and he's invited me down. He has a nice home. But he wants me to give up the Volkswagen and the bohemian lifestyle that I live. I think that's a little much to compromise on, don't you? I told him that what I'll do is I will move down to Portland. I will come over to see him. But I won't take up residence in his home because I'm planning on keeping my microbus. Do you think I'm making the right move? I say this because I've been looking for an identity. I've listened to some of your podcasts when you talked about that. And you were absolutely right. I was trying to model myself after other people's celebrities. Then one day I just said, fuck it. I'm going to be me. And this is me. Please don't tell me I have to change for him. 
Noogie 86, you don't have to change for him at all. Just be the new <laughs> Just go on with the way you've lived. He's not the catch-all, end-all, and I don't know why the hell you're moving from Seattle down there because of him. I tell you ladies about moving because of a man, and you fellas should know better. Mm-mm. Y'all need to work out a plan together before that happens. Visit each other a little bit. Then when you're comfortable, then you do it. So, good luck to you and be safe out there because you're living in a Volkswagen microbus. I remember those. They were the Volkswagen vans, folks. Had the engine in the back. And at the top, on the top side, you had these little windows that would go all around the uh, thing. Some of them had the little sunroof in in the center of it. Some of them had it in the front. Pretty interesting little thing you're going to be dealing with there. I bet you that thing is noisy as hell too when you drive it. Volkswagen engines, you hear them a mile away. Best of luck to you, Noogie 86. Oh my goodness. All right, let's see what we have here. Jeffrey, out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I recently relocated to Tulsa for my job. I love my job and my career. I met a lady at the grocery store yesterday. We exchanged numbers. Seems pretty promising. However, there's one thing that she mentioned that kind of gave me pause. She asked me, did I go to church? I told her yes. She handed me a business card because she has a role in her church. I think she's a secretary or something of that sort. Not quite sure we didn't get into that much of a conversation about it. But one thing that I will tell you, a red flag has already appeared when I looked at that card. I saw a picture of Jesus, Donald Trump, the American flag with the picture of the church in the background. I'm not quite sure I want to go there with her just yet. Do you think it would be too much if I pull back a little bit and maybe talk to her about other things besides the church? I'm not a fan, as you can see, of that. My father was a minister, and even now we're at odds. He has this self-righteous view on life. I worked hard to get away from there. I really don't want to deal with something like this again. Please share your thoughts. I'd be more than glad to hear them. Only thing I could tell you is I wouldn't do it. And ladies, for the record, if you come to me with religion, I don't want to deal with your ass. I just don't. Not because you're religious. 
it's because you're leading with it and you're trying to use that as a shield. I want to know who you are as a person. See, that whole Christian acquisition thing and religious acquisition thing came after you were born. Tell me about you as a person. It would be the equivalent of me coming to you and say, I got money and every question that you ask me, I'll bring it back to money as an answer. Again, I have no problem with Christians. I have no problem with I've dated Christians, dated Muslims, Hindu, you name it. No problem. The problem I have is the apostatizing. And the other problem I have besides the apostatizing, I can't even say the damn word, apostatizing, is I have also a problem with People be too judgmental. Like the lady told me, I wasn't going to heaven because I wasn't all prayed up. I went and got kicked out of the church years ago because I asked the question, what was Jesus doing for those 20 years from 13 to 33? I've heard a lot of speculation, but nobody really knows. And the reason why I asked the pastor that question that day was just to see if he could admit that he didn't know something. Just like I did on some of these other emails that I received when I didn't know the answer, I openly told him that. And I was speculating from there to answer it. A person that can't admit that they don't know something when they don't know it is a fool. The person who can admit it a wise person because they're self-aware. All right, let's go on here. Tommy writes the following. I started following your show a few weeks ago and I hit you up on Facebook. I hope you don't mind. There's a couple of things that I am kind of curious about. 36 years old, have enough money put away in the bank. I'm working right now. I got a nice car. Life is really great for me. I didn't want to wind up like my brother. He's filed bankruptcy twice in his lifetime. One when he was in his 20s and now in his 40s. Even though my family treats him as if he's some sort of angel, I don't get the same luxury. And no matter how I achieve things, mom and dad never approve of it. And it's sad to say that I'm 32 years old, still feeling this way. It's even rubbed off on my wife. She now treats me like my parents. I make accomplishments, they're non-events. And she had the audacity the other evening to compare me to my brother, of all things. How my brother was smarter than I was because he went to college and I didn't. I was boiling mad. I was so mad I went down to the local bar 
and drank eight beers straight. For my own sake, the bartender took my keys. I just wonder, how should I start the conversation with my wife about how I feel about this? Because the way I feel right now, I want to curse her out and tell her to go to hell. Thomas. Oh. Thomas, I don't know how to tell you this. But I think what you've done, to be quite frank with you, as opposed to not being quite frank with you, I'm going to be quite frank with you and tell you what you need to do from what I would do only if I were in your situation. That would be to start distancing myself from my family a little bit more. See, what's happening is this. You're still dealing with the residue of your brother being most favored. He can fuck up a hundred times over and he's still praised. You can make all the accomplishments in the world and you're looking like a dumbass still to your parents. That sibling favoritism, oh my God, that's horrible. But here's what you have to look at. Your wife is only reflecting some of the things you're probably grumbling about. And when she wants to get under your skin, this is the best way to do it. Anytime she doesn't get her way on something, she's probably making that comparison. Instead of arguing with you, she may make a snide remark. Even though your brother filed bankruptcy twice, at least he's doing this or he's doing that. I guarantee you that's the way the comparison and contrast probably goes. So what that means for you, sir, is this. That means simply, you're going to have to pull back. First, you've got to get rid of that anger before you even talk to her. Why don't you go somewhere like to the gym, work out until you're dog tired. If you got aggression in your heart, go to a boxing gym, hit the punching bag until you are tired to get that shit out of your system. And then when you talk to your wife, you might want to go to a counselor to do it, but something you can do is say, honey, you know what? You really hurt me, and let me tell you how. And when you do that, explain to her that you don't want to be interrupted. Please just don't interrupt me until I finish, and I'll let you know when I'm finished. Don't bring up any criticisms of her besides the things she told you that hurt you. And then after that, reiterate 
We're a couple. I love you. But I would never want you to feel the way I feel right now. Then let her respond. If she comes in with the accusations, well, you, this, you, that, or if she's making a comparison again, don't escalate. Vacate. Get away from her. You don't need it. At this point, if you cannot communicate with her, if she's not considerate of your feelings that you've tried to share with her, just tell her, in order for us to go forward, we must go to counseling. And if things don't work out there, we need to go our separate ways because we're both wasting our time. This is what needs to happen. It doesn't happen, has to happen this way. I'm just telling you what I would do in this situation. You are your own man. You run your own family. You know the best method. I'm just giving you an idea. You do not want to be angry when you do this. You want to be calm. If anyone escalates, let her be the one. If she does escalate, get away from her. Get in your truck, car, go take a drive, go spend the night at your parents' house or something, something like that. But if she's a good woman, she'll listen to you. And then she'll respond in a way where you two can constructively work on that. But I can tell you right off the bat, fella, you're still trying to correct a wrong that existed well before you became an adult. And the only thing this has done is grown like a tumor over the years. Now it's about time for you to do the operation and take that tumor away. And the way you do that is by gradually removing yourself from the situation where you can always have it come up to the surface. This is what you're going to have to do. Because you can have it out and argue with your family and with your brother and everybody all day long. You're not going to change something that they have grown accustomed to. Remember, people have to change. You don't. And with that mindset that most of us have, we feel as though the world needs to change, but not us. In fact, the world must be willing to change. And until it does, you're dealing with the same old, same old. And with change, you got to remember, you may lose the benefit of what you have now with the change within those people. You may be communicating with them now, getting invited to family reunions, picnics, and all that. Well, with that change that you're going to make, they may not benefit from being around you so often. But sometimes you have to do this. For your own sake, for your family's sake. More in a moment.
All right, Clara writes the following out of Sacramento, California. I'm 37. I've listened to your show for quite a while now. And one question I want to ask you, and maybe you can give me an intelligent answer, because most of the men that I've asked this question to, they've always gave me excuses and not a real answer. As I said, I'm 37 years old, single, no children. And if I got into a relationship with a man and I cheated on him with another man, but we haven't really made an exclusive commitment yet to be together, how would a man that I'm with interpret that? Clara, Sacramento, California. Clara, if you carry relationships like you just asked this damn question, yeah, you're confused. Look, my dear, let me explain something. When it comes down to relationships, if there's no exclusivity that's established in the beginning and you guys have an open situation, friends with benefits, you name the title, whatever suits you, as long as there's understanding between the two parties that there's no commitment, there's no expectation, there's no disappointment, there's no accountability, you're just going to be free spirits, I don't see a problem with that. What we run into difficulty is when we have expectations set for the other party. So if we're supposed to be exclusive, and now you have this other dude, yeah, it's going to cause friction. But it all depends on how you structure the relationship in general. And some people don't really understand this. They think that they could start a relationship with one person have several relationships going on and then tell you something to the effect of, oh, well, this relationship is different from this one. He's my friend. Fellas, what you will find is that the interpretation of the word friend among women varies from woman to woman. There are some women that look at a friend as being somebody they can screw. Others somebody they could screw over, others, somebody they could screw under, and somebody they can screw besides. What I'm getting at overall, you want to get some clarification on friend. All those guys that have worked on their car and those kind of things, friends. See, one thing you have to remember, with male friends, with most women, the guys either want to sleep with her or have slept with her and want to do it again. You meet a woman and all of her friends are exes. Like, for instance, for me, I have about 10 exes that I can contact at any time, carry on the conversation, introduce them to my girlfriend, whoever I'm with, because... They're all married except for three. And the interesting thing is, no, four, not married. The interesting thing is, none of these women have an interest in me anymore in a romantic way. I don't have an interest in them romantically. 
we broke up amicably. And the first thing we established was that we were going to go back to our friendship because that was the foundation of our relationship. And that's where we were going to start it and leave it. So it was never going to be a thing where we would go beyond the scope of that in order to continue to be friends. Plus, one thing that helped was that we all are in distant areas. That really enhanced and underscored everything as far as the distance. But if these women were in local proximity and I was dating, it would be problematic. Having this woman coming over to my house and then all of a sudden, bam, there I am. Like the situation I gave you in the other podcast with Casey. When Casey was at my house and this woman who had lied to me about going down to Temecula and all of this other stuff. I'm not Temecula, but ah, um, um, oh, damn, what's the name of that festival down there in uh, Inyo? At um, damn, it's almost on the tip of my tongue. Well, that festival down there that Beyonce and all of them would go to. She didn't go Coachella. She didn't go. And lied to a girlfriend and said that the reason why she didn't go was because at the last minute I canceled and didn't want to go. Well, I had to work that Friday. So I was going to go down that Saturday. I told her, tell your girlfriend to hold the, t- hold the tickets for us. Only problem was my girl called one of her friends and told her friend that she wasn't coming to Coachella because of me. Because I wasn't going. So that information got to the woman who had set up the arrangement for us to go to Coachella in the first place. We had got the tickets. And naturally, she was pissed at me. Now, my girl... She didn't show up at Coachella. She wasn't with me. But told me she'd meet me down there and she never showed up. And then when her friend found out the full deal, she got one of her girlfriends to call my girl to get my number. And that's how I got called by this lady. Chewing me out, cussing me out because of the tickets. I'm not knowing what's going on. She said, well, your girl's not coming down. She didn't tell me. You might want to call her and talk to her. I called, no answer. But as I saw it, she was supposed to be in Coachella that Friday night. Nope. What she was doing while she was dating me, she was with a married man. His wife had gone out of town. So she had canceled everything we were supposed to do together. And she was going to fill that time slot with him. Didn't find this out too much later. Then after her friend and I talked a bit, calmed her down, said, I could pay for the ticket. She was like, oh, no, no, no. I'll just go. I have some people that can buy the tickets off of me. No problem. 
She wanted to come see me. Says, I got something to talk to you about. We need to sit down and talk. Boy, did I get an education. I got an education. And as I said in that podcast, I believe uh, Sunday, they were supposed to come back because my girl had to go to work. She didn't call me until Wednesday that next week. Just like nothing happened. But her girlfriend had explained everything to me. And boy, did she try to lie. Didn't want to tell me. But I found out. I wasn't hurt because we hadn't really dated that long. I was more disappointed than anything else. Pissed off, I had wasted precious time. Kind of mad at that time because I could have fucked her friend while she was at my place. She was really a nice lady. No, I'm just kidding. Am I? No. But seriously, (laughs) overall, my friend was a really nice lady. And um, we never did anything. We're still friends to this day. But I learned a lot from her. And she educated me on that woman, for sure. Because she was tired of covering for her. She was tired of making up excuses. She was tired of always being a fall guy. And being that she was so tired of it, the only thing she did was start going on to her next girlfriend that was a friend of hers to do the same thing. To cover for her. And yes, ladies, men do this kind of shit too. Can't tell you how many times friends, girlfriends, and wives have called over. See my husband? No, dear. You sure? Positive. He said he'd be with you tonight. No, he wouldn't. No, we ain't hanging like that tonight. All right. Now, some of them wouldn't believe me. They'd show their asses up at the door. You sure he's not here? No, he's not here. Then I'd get the backlash. Man, what? Why didn't you? Don't say shit. Because a lot of them, and see, this is the bad thing about fellas. We don't give all the information we need. See, women, y'all are good for telling lies, like when you're cheating. You have a whole strategy map. You have a plan. I mean, you got plan A, B, C, D. You, y'all have SEAL teams and shit. I mean, like, y'all have special forces and damn Delta Force when it comes down. Your shit is top secret. The problem with us men is that we don't put that much thought into it. There have been a many friend of mine that wife had called up. Have you seen my husband? Nope. And then the first thing that happens, I get the call from him later on. Man, why did you? You didn't tell me nothing. All that you said, all that you did was just 
went wherever you went and just told your wife that you was hanging out with me. Yeah, that was my bad. I thought you'd cover for me. This ain't no damn automatic pilot. But sometimes that's the way we are. Because we, if we can get, look, it's like this. And this is something I had to learn how to sidestep. Because a lot of men fall into this pit. Sometimes guys will get so excited about an opportunity with a woman that they'll tell them anything in order to get away from their woman to get with this other woman. And you know, you women are very detail-oriented. And you're going to really think shit through. Because, see, y'all are tacticians when it comes to cheating. If you were going to cheat on a man, the majority of you ladies will get away with it scot-free and he won't even know it. But see, with us, we don't plan shit. We get caught, the girl's drawers are right there on the floor. She's trying to get dressed. We're in a hotel room. Cheater shows up with cameras and shit. She goes into the bathroom. Now, she probably did a good job at lying and cheating on her husband. But it's always, if you notice with cheaters, a lot of times, who's the one that's a sloppy one? It's the dude getting caught by the woman. Because he just don't quite know how to pull things together. Now, I will tell you this. If you get into a marriage, one of those serious high-end relationships, private detectives will not be your friend if you cheat. Oh, they will find your ass. So, the best thing I can say is, don't cheat. Get the right partner you want in the beginning so that things will work out for you guys. I got to go, folks. I want you to have a wonderful day. Love you all. Night. Wherever you are throughout the world. Big hugs to you. High five to the guys. I don't hug men. Kisses on the cheek to you wonderful ladies. And see you tomorrow. All right, Ted writes the following out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. My wife of 15 years and I decided to go down to Florida. But there was a few things different with this trip. We've taken this trip before. We go down to Orlando, Key West, have a good old time. But this time it was different. My wife always wanted to go with just the two of us only. This time she invited several other couples to get this discount rate and travel. There's a couple coming in from Kansas City, one from California, one from Arizona, and two from New Mexico. And we're all going to go down and have a wonderful time. We had a whole block of rooms reserved for us, and we were going to have a vacation of a lifetime, two weeks of peace, so I thought. I went to my room one day after going out with the guys. 
Door was locked. So I didn't have my key. I messed around and left it inside the room. The lights were out in it, so I didn't think anything of it. I went downstairs. And we had a few drinks at the bar. Until I noticed one of the ladies was walking around asking had I seen her husband. It didn't really dawn on me then. A couple of guys at the bar, along with some of the ladies that were on our trip with us, kind of looked down and didn't say much. I knew something was going on when one of them cut her eyes away from me. I beelined to my room and I banged on her door. The lights came on. Heard my wife. She opened the door. And I could tell something had taken place in that room. She swore up and down that nothing was happening. She was asleep. I had never known my wife to sleep over three hours. Not even at night at home. I searched that room from top to bottom. Thought it was kind of strange that the trash can in the bathroom was filled with tissue. Got a look at her eyes, she wasn't crying. But something happened, and I didn't feel right afterwards. I made sure this time I had my key in my pocket. She tried her best to comfort me the whole night. I couldn't really be mad at her because I had no evidence, no proof. Since we've been back, things have been a little bit different. Those phone calls she used to get from her friends have now ceased. Some of the people that we went on the trip with unfriended us on Facebook. I have suspicions, but I don't have any proof. And this is the only reason why I'm still with her. I'm trying to gradually forget this. No one's talking. And I'm afraid to really contact that lady that cut her eyes that way at me at the bar. She only lives a few miles away in Taos. But I don't want to have to go through the trouble of trying to explain to her husband why I need to speak to his wife. I guess this is one she's going to get over on me. Thomas, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, my God. Thomas, let me tell you. (laughs) This is what's happening. A similar situation happened to me at a younger stage of my life. This lady had her own apartment at the time. I was, I think, 18. And she was 22 or 21. And she invited me over to her place. 
and I got there. And I could tell something had happened before I got there. It was the whole vibe. I could smell the fresh air freshener in the air. And I could tell it was like masking another odor. And we all, all of us guys know what that odor is, right? You know the smell when somebody finished fucking? Couldn't prove it though. And I didn't want to take that risk because I was thinking this woman probably lied to me and told me she was single. Oh, she invited me in, wanted me to have a drink. I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. And I pulled back from it. Well, I wasn't missed. (laughs) I didn't get a call back. I didn't get, uh, you okay or nothing like that afterwards. But I just followed my own intuition. And it just seemed to me that it was just too suspect. What you have, sir, is you have a suspicion, but you don't have any proof. And that shit right there is like road rash. Because you want some sort of hmm, closure, in a way. But the problem is, if you bring this up to her, you don't want to feel like an asshole and falsely accuse her of something. Or have her to try to explain herself, and it's unnecessary because indeed she was probably sleeping for three hours. But you even said she doesn't sleep for three hours. So what that means is that there's nothing she can say that you'll believe until the proof is that something didn't happen or something did happen. Now, the question I ask you, Thomas, is this. Have you treated her differently since that incident? And I'm willing to bet you the answer is yes. That's because you probably don't trust her now. I see the problem with us when we lose trust in a person, we also lose trust in our judgment sometimes because we chose that person. But for right now, you can put it on the back burner and possibly go on and uh, talk to her about going to counseling. Maybe she wants to tell you, but she's afraid of your reaction or the way you may take it. That's a tough thing to deal with. It's a tough... Look, let me tell you. The toughest thing I've ever had to deal with when it came down to revelations was to... And many of you know I talk about this a lot. Sit there and listen to my friend's wife turn the knife of asking questions 
while me and my other friend sat there because he had cheated on his wife and he had cost her a lot of money and had blown everything in the world when it came down to AA meetings and all of this stuff, wrecked cars, fines, all of this other stuff she had to pay for. I mean, this woman asked him how good she was in bed about the woman he was with because he was messing around with a lady that he had met at AA. How deep she was, whether she was shaved or not. The kind of skin she had, what color were her areolas. She went into so much detail that night because what she wanted to do was to show him in so many ways how she wasn't the woman for him. The wife wasn't the woman for him. And she was literally encouraging him to go on and get with someone else. And that's what got me the most. It was like watching sausage being made. And he was trying his best to save face. Oh, you know, they don't need to hear this. She said, oh, no, I want them here with me. I want them here. They might as well know. But see, when he was around us, before we knew about this whole situation, we thought that they were, you know, wonderful couple. Matter of fact, when... He and I were out one night when he met her because she initially wanted to talk to me and the woman that I was with wanted to talk to him. But it didn't work out that way. But she kept on it. But that night, I'm telling you, it was like she had taken her nails and raked them across the chalkboard. So what size is she? Do you have a picture of her? Asking him all these questions. How old is she? Did you meet her family? Does she have children? Did you meet her children? How many times did you wear a condom? How did she fit? I mean, every minute question you could ask someone to humiliate them. And that was her way of expressing her anger. She grilled him and grilled him. And this is what you'll face sometimes. Because that hurt doesn't go away so easily. But, Thomas, you have to understand one thing. You got to be fair to her in that you didn't catch her. But you suspect suspected ladies let me tell you something as men we try to be cordial to you but let me tell you some of the thoughts that go through a man's mind when you're ready to have sex with him I'm not even going to lie to you ladies I'm going to let you know the truth how we think 
Some of the thoughts come in. I'm going to fuck the dog shit out of other things that come up. I'm going to snap a gristle in her. Other things come up. I'm not pulling out. Now, here's the thing. If a guy goes in you raw ladies and you find very fine and you guys have that relationship going real good. I'm not talking about the little bullshit uh, hookups or nothing like that. I'm talking about where you guys have a good relationship going. And he can't wait to bust a nut inside you. At this point, he's ready to commit. I'm not talking about the player. I'm not talking about the guy that has always tried to be with you without a condom. I'm talking about the guy that you've been with, been dating. He's always worn a condom. And now at this point, he's like, uh, I'm not talking about him being anxious. Well, I can't be- wait to be with you. This is when he's okay with wearing condoms. But this time in particular, he's not thinking about one. At this point, ladies, this is what's happening. He's already confident that he's with the woman he wants to be with. He's happy about that. Now, question I always get, why do some women want a guy inside them without a condom? The reason being, some women like the warmth of feeling the sperm go inside them when he releases. A lot of them don't want to feel the latex, they want to feel him. This is what gets a lot of younger people in trouble. You'll notice when you start seeing these women in their late 40s, early 50s, and they're smiling and clapping their hands, sometimes you're thinking they got a divorce or whatever. I'll never forget one lady I dated. She cracked me up. She said, well, I don't have a period. I'm happy. And I'm like, huh? She was genuinely happy about that. She's like, I don't need no more of this other bullshit. I just need to give me a good man and we'll be all right. She got mad at me when I pulled out a condom. Oh, you got jokes. No, I'm serious. And of course, I wasn't her choice of man. Well, we had just started. I don't want to take that risk. Well, here's the thing. It depends on, again, comfort zone. Both men and women have them. Fellas, you know, there's some women that you have a do not fuck list. There's some women you will never put your dick in. The women don't know it, but you do. There are just some women we won't do that with. We'll never tell you, ladies, because we keep a lot of shit under wraps. And then there's some women 
we look at and we wonder, okay, now we have sex. How am I going to fuck her? Because we know, look, I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes the abdomen get in the way and you got to put your shoulder underneath it to get your dick in. Never mind. I'm just telling you the way things are. And I know some of you say, oh, I don't need that graphic depiction. I'm only human. Everybody listen to this podcast right now. You fart, right? You burp. Probably do it in private. Some of y'all even hang around after you fart just to sniff to see how bad it is. I don't recommend that because some of you are going to knock yourselves the fuck out. I'm just saying this in general. I remember one time I was in Walmart and there was this lady in a duster. Fellas, when you see women in dusters and moo-moos, don't be on the same aisle by yourself with them. I'm telling you, because see... When they start that looking to the left, looking to the right, they feel as though, okay, I can fart right now. And they're hoping that it's not too loud. That old lady in that duster that day farted, boy, let me tell you. You're talking about somebody trying to wait to get off that aisle? Shit. I ran behind that shopping cart so fast trying to get out of there. Didn't know if Walmart had gas masks or not because I sure would have needed one. But that's what I'm saying. You know, we're humans. We can be ourselves. True enough, you don't have to go and expose all this to everybody. But don't fake like it doesn't exist. What we do as people. We're only human. One of the most awkward things you're going to face in a relationship is the first time your woman farts in bed or farts around you. See, if a woman farts around me, that's a mating call. But some of you will experience that. Because she's going to not want to do that. I remember a lady I dated, she said, oh, women don't poop, they fluff. And she ripped one. I'm like, that wasn't no fluff right there. That was a damn Gettysburg address. It depends on how you perceive yourself and your comfort level. But fellas, when a woman starts farting around you, she's comfortable. And as you get older, fellas, let me tell you this. You're going to run across women and you start making them laugh and giggle. Some of them are going to be laughing and farting at the same time. I'm telling you, you're going to be able to hear it. You're like, what the hell's going on here? Tickling women? Some women do not like to be tickled because they will fart. I'm telling you, you got to watch the tickling thing, guys. Especially you young men. Because some of these women, they're so sensitive about tickling, they'll accidentally kick you in the nuts. Now, enough on that. Let's go on. Well, I tell you what, right after this. 
I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.